Strike Report right here on the TruthNet Radio Network. Your hosts, Doug Owen and Michael Vale, will be giving you the intelligent news, information, and analysis that you need to arm yourself with. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another live edition of the Intel Strike Report right here on the TruthNet Radio Network. Today is Tuesday, April 15th, 2008, and we have a jam-packed show for you as usual. Alan Watt will be joining us about 10 after. We'll definitely be cutting through the matrix and kicking the capstone of the New World Order's pyramidal infrastructure with Mr. Watt. It should be really interesting, uh, so definitely... Uh, Spam it on MySpace, let everybody know. Uh, I know that uh, Mr. Watt put a link to the show on his website as well. So so hopefully we'll get some new listeners to TNR and um, uh, get some good information out there. There is a lot going on uh, that we'll be talking about in the second hour. Uh, just depends on how long we carry uh, Mr. Watt on. Depends on how long he'd like to talk because uh, he's, he's just got so much information. He's, he's so well-researched. Um, uh, just you know, go down a whole uh, a whole list, a plethora of different uh, topics and information, and we'll be taking your calls as well. One eight hundred four five one one five six seven is the toll free call in number. That's one eight hundred four five one one five six seven. What's going on, Mister Vale? Oh, nothing much, man. I need a nap, but other than that, I am all good. And uh, we're gonna have a great show. And Ellen Watt, uh, I never disappoints. And uh, it just seems to me like. Uh, all hell is breaking loose around the world, and uh, my hand is steady. Yes, yes. Uh, you know the the looming war with Iran, the neocons pushing forward, uh, Russia and China uh, advancing uh, in the region as well. Uh, we have a huge panopticon, uh, technocratically advanced police state that is being erected around us currently. Uh, one of the more disturbing articles that I found today, and this just goes to show you the total disregard for human life that some of these elitists and uh, eugenicists have. Aboriginal children injected with leprosy. That's right, my friends. Finally came out in the Daily Mail. Aboriginal children were injected with leprosy treatments in a medical testing program that used members of the stolen generation as guinea pigs at a Senate committee. Uh, they actually heard this information today. Of course, U.S. foreclosures jumped 57%. It's just amazing uh, how many people are, are being affected by this. U.S. foreclosures uh, filings jumped 57% and bank repossessions more than doubled in March from earlier in the year. Of course, Google is uh, going ahead and using the guise of child pornography to uh, put in a facial recognition technology to trace copyright violations and, of course, to fight those those online pedophiles. Uh, we saw this one coming months and months ago, and they're uh, advancing that agenda. Um, got a great article from Daniel T. 
Taylor, who writes for IntelStrike.com as well as his own website, OldThinkerNews.com. McCain supports North American integration and his League of Democracies. Those are those global democracy rings he's talking about, and he did a great expose, and we'll try to uh, get into that as well. I know that we do have Mr. Watt on the line, so Mike, you want to just go ahead and bring him up? Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Watts, you're on the Intel Strike Report. Glad to have you on the program. You there? Hello. Hey, how you doing? Glad to have you on the program. It's a pleasure to be here, yeah. Uh, before we really jump into it all and look at the good, bad, and ugly, uh, let's get into something that most people don't know about, which is yourself. Uh, let us know uh, a little bit about yourself and, and, and how you sort of uh, fell down the rabbit hole like the rest of us. Uh, well, I realized I was born down the rabbit hole, <laughs> and I tried to use the rest of my time getting out of it. And uh, I, I caught on very early, especially living in Britain, uh, that I was already living in a completely managed system, a complete system. And within the system, there was a, another subsystem for something else, speciality systems, all the way from kindergarten through school, uh, through council organizations, through all the, the levels of bureaucracy they already had in Britain. And, and I realized that really there was very little free choice in anything. Uh, even when people were going through school, uh, they used to tend to train people uh, according to the job they, they decided they would probably uh, end up in and so they're already doing school to work when I was growing up in Britain the same system that they were using in the Soviet Union and so I caught on very quickly that um, uh, we were all copying the same system which eventually was be- going to become a, a world system and that uh, and that most of the public never figured it out I knew my parents did uh, they didn't I heard them arguing like, with everyone else about politics and who to vote in and all the usual nonsense and then eventually as I travelled across Europe I saw the same laws getting passed in every country at the same time and of course and you never, they never told the people of their audience that oh, by the way this is getting passed in Norway and Denmark and Sweden and Germany uh, so you'd think it was all your local news and so I caught on quickly to the fact that it was a global agenda and that there already obviously was um uh, a structure on top of this national structure system and that was already international and so I, I, I got into the books early uh, into the United Nations uh, traced the history of the League of Nations and uh, read many of the books by the players and those who spoke at the United Nations and I caught, in, caught on that was really the, the big wake up then was to realize that they were working steadfastly not just towards a global System of government, but a scientifically created, ordered system uh, that would run on statistics, and that everybody who would be alive in the near future would need a place in the system, or you simply wouldn't be born. Uh, I kid you not. They wrote it, the big players wrote about this kind of thing very early on in the game, and after World War Two, they were so confident at the time they published a lot of books from the United Nations. Uh, about global government and then they realized that it wasn't going over too well especially with the population of the United States 
and so they went back uh, to doing it more covertly through their big institutions, funding non-governmental organizations, thousands of them, uh, all working towards this this new type of society. They're calling it a post-humanist society or post-human. And that's the same agenda, by the way, uh, that Adolf Hitler was accused of working towards the, the Superman. And the old dictionaries, post-human meant the Superman uh, type system where you'd be genetically enhanced and so on, scientifically designed, ideal designed for the specific task that you had uh, been created for. So we're, we are under what Aldo Huxley called a scientific dictatorship of sorts. Uh, and, um, and the institutions which run this go all the way back, as I say, to, to the um, 1700s, when they started to publish this British Empire idea of a British-styled system of democracy, which really uh, is no democracy at all. It's run by an elitist group. Uh, they call it the establishment. They've always been behind it. Uh, they, they're not voted in, of course. They've always been there. They have the money, the power, the connections, and they wanted to bring this same system worldwide. And you can trace it even further back to, to the writings of John Dee in the 1500s, where he advised Queen Elizabeth I and he coined the term the British Empire and he said we can create a system across the planet uh, based on this system and those who would come into it would be given special favors uh, and there would be a sort of tax-free type basis for import-export we call it free trade today and he even talked about the countries coming in who would adopt it fully being given uh, favored nation status that was in the 1500s and so we're living through the whole plan actually today but the, gener- the only generation who, would, who didn't have to speculate about what was happening because the material is out there for anybody that wants to know and H.G. Wells even back in the 1920s and 30s he wrote, he wrote a book called The Open Conspiracy he was a big player for the British government and for the world system and he said there's nothing really hidden it's just that most people won't bother to read these particular books he says but it's available to the public so he called it the open conspiracy yeah, yeah it seems like uh you know uh when we talk about Aldous Huxley uh uh Carol Quigley they they were all open and very happy to to see uh, some of these things coming to light you know uh Aldous Huxley talked about the the uh, sort of scientific uh, dictatorship and uh and uh Carol uh, Quigley was so happy to tell everyone about all this, these things that were going to happen to us and how it got started and, 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 and what, what we have to do. That, but the only thing was that the, the leaf didn't really care for it too much because he, he let too much on. And, and, uh, but uh, the question is, is that, you know, and of course I, I know the answer to the question, but I like your perspective on it. Uh, why is it that we, see, we seem to see, have the same leaders after time after time after time all interrelated you know all all relatives of each other all with the same agenda no matter i don't care if you're you're uh you know socialist i don't care if you're a fascist whatever name whatever tag or title you have uh all these same people are being run by uh the same people uh in the background uh, talk a little bit about about the bloodlines and how these people have somehow and bred and, and, and held power over, over the number of years. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, every year the, the newspapers and, and Burke's Peerage and others publish uh, which American politicians, those who are running and those who are in power, they publish their connections to royal families. And you'll find in pretty well every election has been the same like that now forever. In fact, they even published the fact that George Washington uh, was related to the, to the King of England at the time. So you've been run by family dynasties for hundreds of years, and these family dynasties have a, a stake in the outcome because they also, as they progress the world towards this great global uh, plantation, which they call a village, um, they're going to own all of the resources which we will all be dependent upon. So they have so a financial stake in it. Uh, they're also inbred psychopaths who are powerful and come, who are born into families with power and wealth and influence. Uh, they tend to marry each other. And, and because psychopathy can be bred in uh, uh, to, to people, and Plato talked about this, he says, in, in the Republic, they already understood that they could breed types of humans, they could breed characteristics in or out. Uh, just like animals, if you want uh, a quiet dog, you don't breed a, a Rottweiler um, with a, a Mastiff or something like that. You breed it with a Lab or something to get a quiet dog. In other words, you can breed traits in or out, and it's the same thing with people. So those who have steadfastly gone after power, even in ancient times up to the present, uh, accumulate power and wealth by being utterly ruthless. They have all the psychopathic traits necessary for that. And today we have the end product. We have families now who are not seen as pirates anymore or plunderers anymore. They're simply the top of the established families and they're all interbred, they're all interconnected. And it's a worldwide system. Um, people get confused. They think, well, it's the Jews. That's common. That's a common one. It's <laughs> the Jews, you know, as though, as though it was some kind of, um, they're all clones of each other. There's no individuals there. Or they'll say, it's, it's, the, it's the Jesuits, and so on and so on. And there's no doubt that every group and every people on the planet have been used. But you have to look at the leaders over every bunch of people. Uh, those are the ones you look at. You'll find if you went through their histories, uh, they're all interrelated to all the other globalists who are running over other peoples and even adopting their particular religion at the top. The trick is not to follow people blindly because they, you think that they are the epitome of your national emblem. You see, people think the Queen of England, for instance, is the, is the, she's the pinnacle of Britain, and yet really uh, the royal families have no British blood in them. Uh, they, they intermarry themselves, as they always have uh, for many centuries, and, um, and they're really a foreign people who rule over the British people. And it's the same with every other nationality. You find the same thing. Uh, these people came out of, of uh, uh, Venice and other places, the big old banking families uh, that even ran and profited from the, the Crusades, the old Crusades. Uh, the, the Venetians had the, all of the, the shipping lines, they had all of the boats, and so they, they used to ferry troops back and forth for centuries to the Holy Land and then made a massive killing off of it. And nothing's changed today. So those who accumulated money, held on to money, and understood economics, that's the important part, how to corner markets, even create markets, and how to come together in monopolies and cartels, that's what we have today. 
we are living in the culmination of that centuries of interbreeding of wealthy families from all nationalities um, who often are seen uh, as I say as the epitome or the pinnacle of a national emblem but they're really foreign people they have more foreign blood in them than, than anything else yeah that's a, it's a it's a game that's been been played out through thousands and thousands thousands of years yeah. and uh, although we're almost up against the break here we got so much more to talk about I do want to, to that uh, I do want to note that uh, we have seen a trend as uh, as of lately right now where you know if you read your history about uh, the sort of feudalist societies where you gave you a lord a third of, of of what you what you made or you look at the the uh, the uh, Japanese model you know and the Bushido code and and how you know how they were taught and almost bred down to the point where they were you know smaller beings and uh, and 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 there were you know food riots going on during that time period and and every now and then there would be an uprising they would get met with just uh, uh, they would just be just dashed to bits to the point where uh, they'd have to bring up another sort of people to take the place of the the people who rose up and I want to yeah. talk about what's going on around the world with these food riots which uh, almost brings me back to uh, uh, Kissinger's. Uh, what was it the National Security Study uh, Memorandum 200 uh, talking about uh, food control, genocide, and, and population control? Um, yeah. If you can, uh, we're almost up against the break here, but uh, uh, give us a quick breakdown of what you see as far as the sort of neo-feudalistic system that we have today that's being installed. Well, quickly said it. It said that we're bringing in a new a new feudal system where the, the CEOs of major international corporations will be the new feudal overlords and they have become so in fact they're in and out of politics and when they're not in politics they're back in their chairs this is the CEO of a big corporation we already have that set up worldwide um, food has always been used as a weapon the United Nations Department of Agriculture admitted that, that they would use food as a weapon in the future in fact under the United Nations I know people I think people realize that but when they wrote up their charter for the Department of Agriculture, it was decided that one day, when the time was right, they, the United Nations, would have all the foodstuffs of the world brought to them. They would then dish it out in, in um, uh, rations, basically, to each country. And, that would, and then they would force the people to bring down their populations because they would not up the rations. That's still the same agenda for the United Nations. And that's the reason why um, we're, we're having this food crisis creation right now. And they're all beating the drum. Uh, water and food and energy, all those things that you need to sustain your life and your families, will be in the hands of the United Nations ultimately. Now they must create that appearance of utter um, crisis so that they can come forward and propose this to us so that we will accept it. Hey, and yeah, the UN doesn't even think that you have the right to water. Talk about Carol Quigley, That's Bill right. Clinton's mentor. He thinks it's great. He thinks that a global depression is a wonderful thing. Why? Because he wants us to be feudalists. He says it himself right there at the Davos World Economic Forum. Yeah. All right, everybody, we're talking with Alan Watt. His website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and we'll be cutting through the matrix on the other side. Stay tuned. Rise out from her baby bed 
Brother runs in, feathers on his head. Mama's in her room, learning how to sew. Daddy's drinking beer, listening to the radio. Hank William sings Elijah and Dear John. And time marches on. Time marches on. Welcome back to Intel Strike Report. Us, we have Alan Watt of uh, Cutting Through the Matrix, a uh, radio show host on RBN. And we are talking about this neo-feudalistic society, the system that we're being brought under that just seems right now. I mean, we've all been aware of it, uh, of its beginnings and, 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 and our place in it. Uh, but right now, it, it really seems like they're trying to wrap this thing around our necks. And we were talking about food rations and the UN. And, and the thing about it is, Alan, uh, which, which really makes me worry, is that the American people, when they see that there are food, ri- uh, food riots in Egypt, uh, Haiti, uh, you know, in, in, in all these different countries, they, they are just apathetic and, and have indifference towards it and think that it won't happen here. And, of course, we are seeing the price of food rise, but they don't think that it will get to the point where we become like these third world countries. And I want to talk a little bit about the IMF and World Bank and and uh, what's going on around these countries now where where our country, the United States, is in, uh, up to date and to absorb eyeballs. And now, you know, we're being depegged, our dollars being depegged as well as, well as almost as it should be. To the point where they may start at, uh, offering us some loans, and uh, we start getting on the uh, on the on the bandwagon, and and then we go real really down uh, to the point uh, of where we become like some of these third world countries very very fast. Mm-hmm. Well, that's on the cards, and that's why the United States, more than any other country, has spent for 25 years building up an internal army to deal with the chaos that they know will come out at the right time. And the U.S. has the tax base to, to create such internal armies. Most countries don't have that kind of tax base or population base to draw on. And they're well prepared for what they see coming down the road. Uh, we're going to realize that the United States is the country that led uh, the creation of the League of Nations for world government uh, under Wilson. And we're going to realize, too, that even though the American people eventually turned against it, uh, the U.S. still kept representatives at there who had voting rights right up until it turned into the United Nations. And the United Nations, when they signed the final document, uh, that was the end of national sovereignty as far as they were concerned. Uh, Every government has departments that deal directly with the United Nations and the United Nations, believe it or not, was set up to be a world government in every aspect. All the laws, building codes and everything that have come down the pike in the last 20, 30 years have come right down from the United Nations and been implemented onto your books, even, even locally. So they're already set up to do the job, but it's not a nice benevolent type uh, United Nations. It's not, it's not uh, even pretending to be paternal. Uh, it's not democratic by any means we don't vote it in and the bureaucrats there in the United Nations and there's thousands and thousands of them um, go to their own special school they're brought uh, brought up 
in special United Nations schools to be bureaucrats, and they're the sons and daughters of intermarried bureaucrats. So, and these characters are pretty vicious. They're dictatorial in their in their outlook. They, they see us as children. They're taught that at school that we are nothing but children. We're, we're just too stupid to realize what's good for us, and that therefore special people must decide our fates for us. And they they believe they are the special people. Let's not kid ourselves. But they have a whole PR department that generally speaks to the public on television. But once in a while, you'll get the head of a particular part or of their organization speaking, and it's, it's like an old-fashioned medieval king or queen speaking down to the public, um, or a very stern school teacher. Uh, they mean business, and um, even though they're technically a front for the big money uh, families, um, and the organizations are all connected with the Freemasonry at the top, uh, I mean the high, the high type, the noble Freemasons, uh, the Royal Freemasons, uh, they're all in cahoots together across the world to bring this about. And of course they settled upon the idea of crisis creation uh, in every aspect of life. Uh, the sky is falling, and technically it is when they're spraying you every day like bugs and they won't talk about it. Um, we know, looking back at the old statistics to do with autism or autoimmune systems and all the rest of it, uh, before 1950s, we did not have anything like this. We didn't have massive autism everywhere. We didn't have uh, attention deficit disorders and so on, which are just degrees of autism. Autism, you see, it's the same problem. The injections and inoculations that we've had since the 50s on have weakened us, uh, helped destroy our immune systems, and which is an ideal uh, warfare strategy if you eventually you want to release some kind of pandemic or plague. You try and bring down the enemy's immune system. We've got to realize that, you see, that we, the people of the world, are the enemy to the elitists. They decided a long time ago there was way too many of us, and, and in the 1800s they, were, they had big surveys on the go, and they, they said that once we enter a post-industrial era, we won't need all these people. They'll be useless eaters. They'll be consuming the Earth's resources, and they'd have to bring down the populations drastically. And that's been one of their major uh, drumbeats for a long time, is, is forcible population reduction by any and every means possible. And you referred earlier to Kissinger and that particular bill that he put through. And that's what he said. He said the number one enemy of the state is overpopulation. And that's when the money was advocated towards finding ways to reduce it. And that's when money was allocated to the Department of War, the Warfare Department, to find something which would destroy the immune system of people. We also have the United Nations that comes out every year giving us uh, a very calm report on all the statistics and they, they tell us now that the, the male sperm count of the average Western male is down 75%. We're three quarters sterile than what we were in 1950. And there's no comment, there's no crisis made about that. And that, the very fact there's no comment about it means it's meant to be. We are being sterilized. Oh, sure. I mean, there's all drugs in the rivers and the water that we're, we're drinking and eating each and every day, and, and it doesn't seem that anybody really uh, cares about it. Mr. Watt, I just want to chime in real quickly because a lot of people, you were talking earlier, uh, feel that they're being forced in the system, and we are. I mean, even today or yesterday, Walmart's saying, hey, if you don't have a real ID, we won't sell you uh, weapons, and we see this kind of agenda going forward trying to uh, coax us into this system uh, by hook or by crook. 
And we see uh, a lot of these agendas are, are no longer in, in secret. Uh, this globalist drive, this global agenda is really out in the open. It is an open conspiracy. But now we see a lot of people uh, really buying into this. I was just wondering what you thought uh, as far as China and Russia geopolitically in the future. I see a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, the, the Russia has been buzzing the USS Nimitz, etc. They seem to have a lot of vested interest in Iran. The neoconservatives uh, here in the United States seem to uh, really want to, to push this war in Iran. We have the new spy satellite video. I mean, what do you see coming in the, in the, uh, the future here, I guess you could say, uh, next few months with, uh, you know, Russia and uh, China geopolitically with the United States? Well, I, I mean, I'm not even worried about Russia or China at all, because for a hundred years the West built up Russia, and China, modern China, was completely funded and built up and instructed and taught by the West for their present role. In fact, the United Nations has declared that China is the model state for the world to copy. Sure. So I'm not worried about them at all. I mean, we know. And lots of books were written at the time when the Bolshevik Revolution took over the first revolution in 1917. The first revolution was 1905, and then the Bolsheviks took over. And basically, since then on, the Western banks, the Western governments um, kept Russia alive. They could have stopped Russia at any time right up to the very end uh, by simply stopping selling them grain. Uh, We had Alberta and other prairie provinces and the U.S. had the same thing going, uh, feeding Russia right up into the 90s. They couldn't even feed themselves. So why would you feed your, you suppose, your worst enemy? The fact was, it wasn't an enemy at all. Uh, it, was, it was a big bad bear because you need a government uh, who's uh, supposedly an enemy who's going to attack you. And the money that your, your own governments were, were able to tax from you in times of the Cold War to protect you was all going into high technology that, that eventually would be used to monitor everybody on the planet. That's where the money was really getting used. But they used the excuse of a Cold War to do it. They couldn't have taxed you like that uh, if there was no Cold War. So we funded it. We always got to have an enemy. And the same with, with China. Uh, Bertrand Russell was one of the first major professors from, from the West to be sent to pre-communist China and he, in his own memoirs, said, I went over there to teach them the fundamental rules and principles of communism. This was Lord Bertrand Russell. So we funded them, we created them as the big bad enemy, because you always need an enemy when you want to tax the people, and we crowd to our government and say, defend us, please, by any means you can, and to get away with so much, they build up government in times of war, like Carol Quigley said, and bureaucracies expand like crazy, and that's what they wanted and now coming into a global government you must find an enemy within which is terrorism you must always have an enemy and it could be you, your neighbor or someone you know that's how it's going to be in the future for them to keep control that they find terrorism everywhere well that's the sort of game they're they're playing right now you know where uh, they could decide that if they find an enemy such as Russia or China uh, you know, to to get everyone, uh, you know, fear uh, mongering and, and and completely uh, frightened to say, yeah. well, you you'll get more food rations if you fight and you go and and into the into the uh, the killing fields. You'll get more food, and that's the way they've always done it. 
Oh, yeah, and, and the first thing you do, too, you see what they're really after, and this is the, the big problem that the, the United Nations has at the moment, and they've written reports about it, in the transition from a nationalist structure into an international structure, especially with a global army, where you'll have to pull people from all across the world into this army. Now, it was easier for national countries to use tribal emblems, um, the cultural emblems, and so on, to, to bind the soldiers together. And that's, that's a hard thing to do for an international, this strange, uh, wishy-washy entity called uh, United Nations. So they're using scientific techniques of indoctrination to try and create a world-type army to take over, which means you're going to have an elitist group of, within the army who are going to get taught that they are different from everyone else and special, and they hope that they'll bind them, they'll bond them together so tightly into a new type of fraternity. There'll be a separate class altogether, and that's what they hope to do. They're actually doing it with the troops now. But, but um, you see, Britain has already said they're amalgamating all the armies of Europe at this moment. And what they're, what they're using as excuse is they'll need the, the troops from all over Europe as a rapid de- deployment force to be sent to anywhere where riots break out over food. This is the excuse that was in the paper. So they're, they're going to create food shortages. There's no doubt about that. That is coming. And the Department of Defense put out the 90-page document. You'll find it on my site. This Department of Defense also runs the whole of NATO. And they see nothing but 30 years of escalating riots uh, across the globe and uh, all across Europe and the Americas. But they don't tell you why it's going to happen. Well, it's obvious what, why it's, it's they're going to be. You're going to shortly to go through such tremendous transitional changes to change your entire way of life. That, that presently most people could never, it's unthinkable to them. It's beyond their comprehension how radically it's going to change. And it's going to be crisis from every possible direction you can imagine. People will be in shock. Remember, shock and awe is not just used against people over in Iraq. Shock and awe is also used psychologically uh, across the planet. And people will be in shock. Uh, that's when the government agencies will turn out in force and start advising you what to do. They want mass uh, migrations of the public within the Americas and Europe. They want mass migrations of people off the rural areas into the overcrowded cities, uh, where you're easily taken care of and herded together and observed. And fuel will go through the roof eventually until you can't afford it. So you'll be totally dependent on their system. And the United Nations has said that these habitat areas, which are the overcrowded cities for the majority, uh, will have no private transportation whatsoever, the public transportation within the city only. So you're looking at a totalitarian regime of scientific um, engineering and scientific control by bureaucracies and so on. Uh, my friends, it's just one more of the planks of the Communist Manifesto. We're talking with Alan Watt of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. On the other side, we'll be getting into a whole lot more. Your calls as well, 1-800-451-1567. Stay tuned, everybody. Powered by freedom, liberty, and the truth. This is TruthNet Radio.
Participate in this discussion as we are fleshing out the the enslavement grid that we are going to be facing in this country and other countries soon. Give us a call at 1-800-451-1567. Again, that's 1-800-451-1567. And after the show, we'll have uh, Mr. Watt's information on our website, www.intelstrikereport.com, where you can dig the podcast, vote for us on Podcast Alley, and so much more. But uh, uh, Mr. Watt, let's let's really let's flush out this enslavement grid, because you know what? Like you said, information right now in this in this age is at our fingertips. The the problem with it is that people people get a get a glimpse of what is going on, but they fall into the trap of oh it's the Jews, oh it's the Jesuits. Oh, it's it's because you know Bush is in office, and once Bush gets out of office, then when Obama gets in, it'll everything will be great. Um, let let's talk about really uh, uh, some ways that we can we can almost uh, uh, have a uh, intervention on the radio and uh, and get some people away to what's really going on without them being sidetracked on 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 ridiculous issues. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to go back even to read reports from the United Nations, read the reports from all the non-governmental organizations that belong to the United Nations. There's thousands of them out there, all these reports on the, the future written from the late 40s onwards. And you'll notice that every part of these agendas that they wanted to bring in has pretty well been accomplished, regardless of which country had what political party in power uh, one after another no party has ever made any change to slow this down or even object to it which tells you they're all in on it so uh, the conclusion that I came to is that these parties uh, these political parties are just fronts just fronts that's all they are and Margaret Thatcher when she did her global tour in the 90s early 90s uh, like the one at Massey Hall in Ontario, Canada that was one of them the title of her, her, her speech was the, the, the New World Order the coming New World Order and she talked about the need to go to war with religious fundamentalism that was on the books because in a standardized planet you cannot have people going their own way and hanging on to their old uh, cultures and religion is part of that and that meant all fundamental religions but um, she also mentioned that she belongs to a parallel government. She says it's been on, on the go, it's been in operation for a long time. And she said that a long time, in World War II, they realized that democracy was simply too slow and cumbersome because there's too many conflicting fights with different parties for power and individuals within those parties for, for individual power. And it could not get their agenda uh, satisfactorily put through. Therefore, they, she said uh, that this, this parallel government was set up consisting of ex-prime ministers, ex-presidents, 
um, ex-high-level bureaucrats from every country. So it's a world parallel system that works towards this integration of the Americas, Europe, the far Pacific Rim region, and, and into a global structure. But it doesn't end there. It's not for our benefit. It's to bring the planet into a more, what he claims, a more manageable style of being ruled and, and scientifically managed rather than having people with individual rights and individual freedoms and choices. That was simply too chaotic for, from a, a ruler's point of view. They want to bring it in and get a scientifically designed society. And there are long ways to, towards this. Uh, they've given us all a standard education. That was part of it. Now, your national uh, education system is part of the international education system under UNESCO. So now you have a world of people all brainwashed from birth along the same way of seeing things. That's very, very important that they all see things the same way. And then it's easier to predict how everyone will react to, to news, etc., how they'll accommodate their lives towards new crises, etc. So they've been working on us our whole lives long and our parents before us and the seat coming into view now. Um, but no political party in any country, regardless of all the hot air they put out, has ever, ever slowed this agenda down one iota. Absolutely. Uh, it seems that uh, we have a caller. Uh, you're on the Intel Strike with uh, Mike, Doug, and Alan Watt. Me? Yes, you're on the you program. Oh, good. Yes, okay. Well, um, what I'm getting, I heard Joe talking. And the reason I called, uh, I think Joe, I just guess. I've been doing this for not calling in, but I've been listening to uh, you people and people like you work their hearts out. And uh, the government loves creative emails, they love creating banking, and they love creative people. So I'll bet you 10 cents that Joe really did a good show. It burned him up because he's a governor, I mean a government uh, worker, and uh, you know how that goes if you know how that goes. He gets his neck broke if he doesn't do something wonderful by being rotten somewhere. So uh, what I'd guess... I've got a friend, I can't say who it is, but every day he gets email and um, it, it tells him what a jerk he is and this kind of thing. And instead of understanding, I understand it right off, the government is doing creative emails is the way I feel about it. But he argues with them back and forth. If you don't like my program, uh, go get another one or something. But it's just sad because I believe it's the government how dare us think Diane Feinstein says we're not smart enough to think we, we can't handle the truth we, we don't know all the whole story no you old how, how, horse trader what would you call her we don't know your truth or you'd be out uh, herding hogs or something I don't like did you, Diane did you have Feinstein. a question for our guest ma'am um, well, the, the one I was listening to, I'm, I apologize. I didn't get to hear what I, the one that you're talking about. I'm getting um, the micro effect, but what I was getting was Joe saying to call in, and um, so I, I apologize. Whatever oh, is going on, it might on. be on a, on a different network. 
Yeah, yeah. You might have to say, uh, Joel has to show on before us. Uh, like you said, you might be getting micro effect. Yeah, we're just talking with Alan Watt about uh, the enslavement grid and how we're kind of being uh, forced into this system by hook or by crook, and they're using everything from taxation to food as a mechanism to, to quell us into a feudalistic society. Yes, yes. And, and that's kind of what I was just saying, only I didn't say it. Um, I guess I believe this. Uh, the, the corn is all being. Did you? Um, I sent everybody an email. I hope you got one. Um, there, there's corn and wheat that have a terrible, dangerous fungus. I wouldn't doubt at all that the government starts the fungus. These people are insane and need to be taken to to the Hague for war crimes. <laughs> These people are insane. And why they're getting away with it bugs me even more because they've done everything they've done on fraud. Why? How are they getting away with it? Bush got in there on his own uh, false credentials. Please, Mr. Guest, I'm going to hang up now and listen. And I'm very sorry if I interfered in your program. Uh, that, yeah, oh, no there problem. must be a delay. Oh, yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, well, thanks for call calling in. Uh, uh, Mr. Watt, she brought up some good. She brought up some good points. Um, you know, why are people falling into this? Why? Why is all of this information available to the general public, and we seem to keep holding on to these nationalistic ideas that it's it's uh, in TV, our best the interest? Has, uh, the TV was created and put over in a scientific manner. In fact, people today won't believe anything. They won't even believe their own eyes unless the TV tells them to think about what they see. And uh, when anything's presented on news, on television, it's mixed with Hollywood, it's mixed with sports, it's mixed with uh, the fears or the bimbos in Hollywood uh, until it becomes surrealistic. So it's mixed in with horror and, and uh, families being blown up by mistake in Iraq and all this kind of stuff by the Air Force until nothing is real anymore. And that's called surrealism. That this is a scientific design of, of a form of mind control and uh, if you saw the movie Network uh, they really put across in, it, in its in intensity there the television really is designed uh, as an indoctrination tool and when you have the majority of the public which we do uh, watching the same news uh, worldwide because it all comes through AP and Reuters uh, the same news uh, then you're, a, you're standardizing the indoctrination so that when, like Brzezinski said, shortly the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They will expect the media to do their reasoning for them and they have no topics to discuss except that which was downloaded to them on the previous night's news. Well, you see, that's happened already. And therefore, even with the spraying in the skies, which has reached astronomical levels in every country, and people are getting sick too, they're really trying to hide this up big time. They can't help but it will break shortly because there are people dying with this stuff or breathing in. Um, but as long as it's not on the news, people will not think about it. They'll, they'll believe the media before they'll believe their next door neighbor or their own eyes. So they, they, are, they are the end products of brainwashing we're seeing the end products of brainwashing on a huge global scale happening right now. Yeah, well, most definitely. I think that's well, I'm just gonna say, I think that's why it's all an open conspiracy is that, you know, you could you could look at a book like uh, 
somebody like Addis Huxley. And people will actually read that and try to legitimize it and say, well, you know, maybe people aren't smart enough. Uh, uh, there's this knock and talk thing going on that I've heard about it where they're actually going to uh, uh, people's homes and asking them if they can come into their own home and search for weapons. And people are just, oh, this is a great idea. It's wonderful. I mean, if you're worried about a weapon in your home and you pay the bills, shouldn't you look in that room? But so many people are just looking for a savior. And I think that, you know, Mr. Watt's exactly right. We're all infotained and chemically lobotomized for the most part. And uh, they're bringing out, uh, they're bringing it all out now. Uh, you know, they're really um, uh, uh, not. Well, they said any- that they would. Uh, they said they'd have to lobotomize by by chemical, viral, or other means the, the brains of every individual, and it could be done quite easily through inoculation. They can target specific areas of their brain, and they discussed this at the United Nations back in the 70s to bring world peace. And they said when this happens, uh, the public will be unable think for themselves, but they won't have to because the state will be doing, they're, they're making decisions for them. And I personally think this has happened to an awful lot of people. You're, they have no personal survival abilities, they cannot think for themselves, and, and they're also, here's the key to it, uh, people who have become dependent upon the system, they're completely dependent on the system, the paternalistic system where there's a big brother above you or lots of big brothers in, in business suits dealing with all the world's problems on your behalf. So you're told to be like a child, just go out and play and, and don't qu- inquire into the first and last meanings or causes of things. Leave it to us. Well, we've done that, you see, and we have adults today uh, and even, even old people in homes who are technically immature. They've never grown up and had to, to face major problems because there's always been a society or an agency ready to step in and deal with those problems on their behalf. That's happened. We're dependent, a dependent society. It's, it, it is like, oh, don't think. We'll think for you. Don't yeah. worry about you know one little bit. And, of course, we are chemically lobotomized. I mean, uh, yes. hey, we're drinking fluoridated water. Uh, the food we eat is no longer natural. There's no vitamins in them. Uh, people don't read books anymore. They don't even read uh, newspaper or magazines anymore. I mean, people see you at the bookstore and they think you're some yuppie or, or, or some person who's trying to think that they're smart when you're just trying to educate yourself. Of course, uh, they would prefer that you get your education from the school, but uh, that that's uh, another subject all altogether. But uh, after the break, I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, how farther this this uh, enslavement system will go? I mean, we're all living in compact cities right now, and you mentioned transportation. That's another part of it. And and what happens when we get to the point where well, these people can't even deal with the fact that there there's no food for them to eat unless they go to war in Iran or wherever else. And, uh, and they have to rely on the government for everything. And then, and we'll talk about that after the break. Uh, this is the Intel Strike Report on Truthnet Radio with Alan Wap. We'll be back after these commercial messages. 